This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. They are young, determined, and against steep odds, they are doing it for themselves. In a sector that once excluded them, emerging black farmers are putting shoulder to the wheel and breaking ground in agriculture. But when they don't even own the land they're farming, is it possible to sow the seeds of a stable future? McFarlane Mulady went on a road trip around the country. Agriculture is a crucial part of our economy. Farmlands span hundreds of thousands of hectares, ensuring food security, much-needed export earnings, and providing an economic lifeline to many small towns. Historically dominated by the white community, the sector is undergoing change. I'm on the road meeting young black farmers. With grit and passion, they're making inroads into the commercial market. On a long, flat stretch of road on the outskirts of the northwest province, we find Amanzi Farm. We've arrived at an anxious time. Until recently, transporting cattle across provincial borders was banned because of an outbreak of the dreaded foot and mouth disease. Our car is disinfected before driving in. Olerile <laughs> left his auditing job to run his 400-hectare farm. He served an apprenticeship of sorts when, as a youngster, he herded his grandfather's cattle during the school holidays. First of all, you have to have the mindset that farming is a business. His cattle are a long-term investment. Today, he's disinfecting the cows for ticks, but it's the highly contagious foot and mouth, a disease caused by a virus, that most concerns him. An outbreak would force him to cull his herd and leave him destitute. His first cow was a donation from his grandfather. To multiply like this, obviously the cow gives birth every, every, every year, but also uh, from my salary. I would maybe every third month uh, save some buy a cow from my salary. And also when I resigned, took all my pensions and put it into cattle. And this is obviously a cattle farmer's pride, your prized bull. And when you also look at them, you realize there's a lot at stake. But it's not just the threat of disease keeping Olerile awake at night. Livestock theft is a near constant threat. We don't sleep at all. Uh, we're always on our toes. Whilst the SAPS recorded a decrease in stock theft crimes this year, industry insiders claim over 130,000 cases were reported, setting back the sector over 1 billion rand. You would find somebody's been caught with cattle that they've stolen. After two weeks, the case is dismissed from the roll in court. But the rural crime wave isn't limited to livestock. We travel to southern Gauteng to meet a young farmer fighting to keep a business alive after the theft of a biggest tractor in September. Now we need to find someone to come and plant for us. For Kinele Rapesu, the impacts of the theft have been significant. 
after harvesting, you don't see the profits because you need to pay people back. So for, for me, it's close to a downfall. And to buffer these types of setbacks, farmers are forced to turn to credit. With the current commercial agricultural debt estimated at 200 billion rand, it's an albatross for both cautious creditors and desperate farmers. To try balance their books, farmers are constantly trying to increase production. And it's in the spring months that cattle farmers expect to extend their herd. So it's calving season and workers have to come out at least twice a day to see if there have been any new arrivals. There's a lot of ground to cover. It's an idyllic scene that hides another of the challenges emerging farmers face. The land where Olerile grazes his cattle belongs to the government. He's leasing it with the option to buy at a later stage. To buy commercial farming land from the outset would be unaffordable as farming is already capital intensive. Notwithstanding the difficulties, Olerile hopes to leave this land to his daughter. Though just 12, she already owns three cows. I've even came to a point of sitting down with her to tell her that your three cattle, let's do a 20-year plan. Like Olerile, Kinelue's family leases the 400-hectare farm from the government. She took over running it from her elderly father. I've managed to improve on, for bookkeeping for instance, my dad would keep um, a pile of slips. Sometimes the writing is worn over, it's fading, yes, yes. and you can't even see what's going on. Yes. Many black farmers are raising enough capital in five to ten years to buy the land outright. That's if all goes according to plan. The way the sector is set up in the, in the country in terms of its history, um, you will find that most black farmers or emerging farmers they don't own the land. Malatu Nechualu is an agricultural economist at Nedbank. It doesn't mean that they don't have access to land because there's a lot of land available just in the former homelands, about let's say two million hectares of high potential lands that is available. So the consequences of not owning the land they work are significant for black farmers. And among the reasons land reform has been a slow burn in South Africa, since 1994, about 10% of commercial farmland has been redistributed to Africans. It's hardly an ideal situation in a country where commercial farmers are increasingly exiting the industry. The average age of commercial farmers is an average of about 60, 62. It's important that we start having these young ones, or new people for that matter, to come into the sector. For me, farming is, is a practical. Lead by example, go on the field, work with them. Tabani Bengu is a former professional soccer player. He rents a 45-hectare mixed-crop farm from the community in Moy River, KwaZulu-Natal, on condition that he employs the locals. What I really enjoy is to watch everything growing step by step. It's on Tabane's farm that we hear of arguably the most unpredictable challenge facing the country's farmers. Climate change. A hailstorm in October destroyed his crop, but even that paled in comparison to the damage caused by lost season's flooding. I planted about 150,000 crops. You know, when you see your crops, they are, they are coming okay now. You can harvest and make money. I had lots of floods and it was my downfall. 
farming is something else. So I didn't give up. The first rains of this season have come and it used to be a good sign for farmers, but considering last year's heavy rains and unseasonal floods, farmers are a bit nervous about this year's forecast and what that could mean for their crops. We couldn't get in. Um, with the other parts of the farm, we planted soya bean. There was a lot of rain, a lot of water within the soil. We had to replant it and it didn't come out the way that we wanted to. This was almost 300,000 rand washed away in heavy downpours. These stresses are all too familiar to Tabani. When natural disaster struck, his son sold his iPhone. The farm was struggling financially, so I decided to sell my phone uh, for those cabbages right there. It's about a hectare. The ability to bounce back is part of any farmer's DNA. You know, they're saying you burn like a plan, right? <laughs> it cuts across the spectrum, irrespective of your race, irrespective of your gender, your age, whatever. So you always need to make a plan. If you are quite driven, someone who's always looking for solutions, then you will find a way. Folerato Senachomu in Nigel, a loan of 72 cattle from the IDC and the Department of Agriculture, gave her the momentum to grow her herd. But it came after two rejected attempts. The first time I applied, I went for an interview and I failed. I applied again and failed it again. I was so angry. Then on the third attempt, I got 30 plus one. Then I tried again and I got 72. She left to pay back her loan in 42 cows. What started as a family concern of two dairy cows in 2014 is now a sprawling livestock farm. I think at that point in time, I had no choice. I had to increase the balance sheet. When we arrive, Senachomu is taking ownership of some sheep she recently bought. But her love of farming is truly inspired by her award-winning Nguni cattle with their distinctive horns and hide. It can tolerate the heat, it can tolerate cold weather, and it's resistant to many diseases. Looking for the first day, who knows Looking at when we arrived here, there was nothing. Now we have trucks, we have cows, we have sheep, we have goats, we have dogs. The resilience and determination exemplified by Sinahomu and the other farmers we met provide hope for successful land reform. The challenges, though, can't be underestimated or ignored. The numbers don't lie. Despite the odds, emerging black farmers are joining the agricultural big leagues. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.